and welcome to the Future Proof podcast from the north of England with Sarah and Stephen Waddington. We'll be talking about what's hot and what's not on the internet in marketing, media and public relations. Hi Sarah. Evening Stephen. Yeah, so Thursday evening, what's the date? 19th, 19th of March. We live in extraordinary times special edition of the Future Proof podcast talking about COVID-19 and what's happening to our lives. How's your week been? Wow, <laughs> well it's changing like everybody's day to day, in fact probably hour to hour, obviously making sure that we're shoring um, up people in our community and our family first, but also working very closely with clients to make sure that they're all right, um, are managing the transition to working from home and just are okay in terms of themselves and feeling confident uh, as they as we all can be as we move forward for those that don't know tell us about your business astute.work yeah so it's a management pr and marketing company based in the northeast fortunate to have some really fantastic clients both in the northeast and across the uk some in london um, and obviously everybody as you would imagine is impacted by coronavirus so as many many practitioners who are listening right now will be doing we're in pretty much crisis mode for every single which one and doing an awful lot of planning around that. So I'm the managing director of an agency called Metia that's a digital marketing agency we've got offices in Singapore, Seattle, Austin and London. We have been aware of the issues related and the disruption that uh, the coronavirus has been causing for two months or so because it first hit our Singapore office and then our office in Seattle moved to virtual working uh, at the same time as a number of our clients in the area did, notably Microsoft and, and Amazon. And we followed suit in London this week. So 40, 40, 45 people in London moved completely to virtual dispersed working I've split the organisation up into sub-teams, uh, mainly along the lines of, of line management, and they're reporting up each day into into stand-up meetings. Had the company done it before? So everyone had the ability to, to work virtually. So, you know, laptop, we had the technology and, and, and stack, tech stack to do it. But, you know, aside from people... But not at scale. ...working the old day from home. Uh, flexibly, we never worked at scale virtually, and so in the space of three days, we've we've moved to a completely virtual model, continuing to deliver work for for our clients and and uh, challenging. You find it difficult. I've, you look absolutely wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, mo- moving to a completely virtual model when you haven't worked virtually before is challenging because the workflow doesn't doesn't work and that needs changing. Um, you're moving from being able to see people and talk across the office day in, day out to having to find other means to do that. Unlike, of course, my model, which is virtual, which, which suits someone like me who doesn't like people. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I guess the biggest issue are the cultural issues, the fact that, you know, people like to come to the office. Well, it's, um, a, it's the social interaction, isn't it? Particularly mm. depending on what your social circumstances are, that's maybe where you get a, a lot of, you know, contact with people but yeah and you know challenges continue to play out because the uk government announced yesterday a closure of schools that's happened we've seen that happen in seattle about a week ago local restaurants and pubs are, are all closing um so you know we've got people in the organization who are parents or carers are going to have to be managing their work flexibly around their 
around the yeah which is fine if there's two of you i can split it and take turns but actually really tricky for people who don't have that and um, also particularly tricky for frontline workers particularly nhs staff who you know have very much competing priorities however much they'd want to go into being with their families obviously are called up right now are under increasing pressure after being under significant pressure already Pressure is one thing, and the mental, mentally for me, the, the, the mental, mental issues for me have been the, the main thing. Um, we're arguing more than ever. <laughs> we're, 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 well, if you will move my ornamental tea towel from hanging on the oven where it matches my, you know, like coffee and, and sugar pots, you can be sure that you're going to get a fight. But yeah, the, the difference is that obviously everybody is incredibly anxious. It's not just about close proximity at times. Now, next week with the kids, where we're not used to. I mean, I'm used to working from home. You're not. Well, it's the two of us working it's, from home constantly. Yeah, but it's also the changing circumstances. Yeah. Now, we're used to it. We're communicators. We're quite agile in what we do. Um, obviously, one of the things we want to talk about today is how we can help people. Let's come on to that, the managing, managing the uncertainty in, in a comms role, the majority of our listeners are, how, how do you deal with the day-to-day when it changes? And you go to, it changes through the night, it changes hour by hour. Well, I mean, the thing is, the, the most important thing here is actually strong and clear leadership for me. You know, you need to have someone in every single organisation who has a handle on the problem as it is that day, bearing in mind that things are changing quickly. You need to have people who are gathering information for you. You need to look at what your options are, weight the evidence and choose what you're going to do. And you have to be prepared that that might change based on current advice. Did you hear the dog sneeze then? The dog, the dog just sneezed. So, so Marge, are you all right? She's, she's free from everything, honestly. No, I promise no. she's very healthy. So, so, uh. so not, not only are we crammed into Sarah's office, uh, and you're probably hearing, you know, it's quarter to seven at night, and so we've, we've both got a drink, uh, but the dog's, <laughs> under, the dog's under the desk and he's uh, making their presence felt. Yeah, so... You were interrupted. I was interrupted. Talking about leadership, so contextualising things, data gathering looking at the evidence, choosing your options, taking action and reviewing that decision. And the thing for me right now is the only thing you can do is look, listen, take your advice from really key um, sources, which is your NHS and, and, and central government right now and, you know, local providers and make sure that you, you listen to them, take their lead and you keep reviewing your decision to make sure that you your family, your colleagues, your business is protected and look out for all the support mechanisms that are available right now. Well, t- tell me about what you're doing through the lab because you've got a, you've got a survey out into the field. Yeah, we're very, we're very lucky that... Um, Sorry, that's... What, what, that's comms nonsense speak for... Yeah, bullshit, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we have got a really good response going. So I work with a really talented team at the North East Local Enterprise Partnership um, and they have come up on the front foot because they know that particularly in the northeast, there are businesses, well, everywhere, but particularly in the northeast, which is part of which is their patch, there are SMEs struggling right now. Now we have a northeast growth hub where um, they have immediately um, worked with us to put up a coronavirus toolkit and um, that kind of signposts people to financial support, um, offers guidance for employers, uh, their employees and, and businesses generally. It talks about things like how can you do effective home working, so that transition that you just d- mm. discussed, and actually how to care for staff and 
suppliers and customers and everyone just to and prevent the, the spread of COVID-19 as, as much as we can. But as part of that work, which um, we are obviously updating all the time, and you can imagine that we've got someone working at different times at all part of the day. For example, after the Prime Minister's briefing is really key for us now. Whatever comes out, we need to make sure the toolkit's updated. Mm. So that's an evening job. We have to have it all updated and ready again for with guidance by 11 o'clock the next day. That's what we've, the target we've set ourselves. But we're also really importantly trying to gather data because um, we have an idea of the issues that are facing facing businesses right now it could be cash flow could be you know uh, PAYE and what to do or it could be any of those things but we need to be absolutely sure so there's two things that we're doing we've got a survey out there we want to know for example the businesses locally where they're based how many people they employ um, what sector they're working in, how they've been affected, what they need and what we're doing with that is using that information uh, and more because there's obviously more in the survey to gather it to make sure that the growth hub's response is, is appropriate because obviously they've got quite a lot of support there but they want to make sure that's evolved to support businesses' needs but also to feed into the Department of Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy so they can also you know, respond accordingly because obviously we'll have to take their lead ultimately. But um, it's 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 been a very very busy week. Obviously, head down on this coronavirus response, but it's actually been really amazing to see how quickly <coughs> bodies like that who have a leadership position in the region are responding. And, and similarly, you'll see that elsewhere. It's not just them. I, I've been impressed with CBI's response. They've been really quick out, you know, out with them with their guidance and helping and listening very very carefully. So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of heartened by that because people want to make the interventions that are needed now because they know it, it they're needed yeah, now. Yeah, so, so the, the, the critical thing about managing uncertainty is you can't manage it. You need to listen. Uh, and you've, you cited an example there through the, the lab that you work with of, of how you put a survey out to regional businesses to figure out what's going on and trying to understand that at a very granular level. Similarly, in my organisation, we are sticking very close to clients and asking clients what, what they're doing, how they're managing, um, both at a very personal level within their families and their own communities, but also from a... a Which is really important, actually. We, we've been doing the same, and actually I'm, I've been surprised by how touched people are by that question. Mm. I, and it just shows you how personally... Um, people are incredibly anxious and that mm. whole interaction it means an awful lot but one of the other things I've been hearing a lot is um, what can we do as practitioners obviously there are some practitioners who have already lost their jobs and are back on the market you've got people saying actually my work's dried up mm. what can we do and in like that awful bullshit word but how do we pivot and I think we've got to remember again um, what we can do and it's not just about a tactical provision it's about that strategic approach so we need to go back to what could we do that's most useful for businesses right now what do organizations need they need situational analysis you might have a management team who are brilliant at what they do and what they're manufacturing for example but actually if, if they've had a good market and they've never had to kind of there's never been struggle, a struggle there they might not really be able to think like practically but what next so situation analysis go back to your typical pestle and swat models always a really sound basis to start off from risk assessments like obviously we know where there is a big risk to business right now but um you know that you can then look at what the opportunities are what's working what's not and and just start to really plan around your people what goods you've got what people's needs are what the priorities of your business have to be there and then and I guess then it then comes back into the contingency planning and also what do you need to do now and you've always taught me that 
in business you just don't bleed out you have to be assertive even if that means taking difficult decisions if that means it's going to protect your business and your people in the longer term you have to make painful short-term cuts do it do it now so so um, that if you've got third-party th- costs already you need to start invoicing for those don't incur any more no. you know what what's your office costs like can they be reduced can you get rid of them if you're all remote, remote working do you need that office what are your terms yeah what's happening with your people yeah i'd encourage anyone to scrutinize their costs incredibly closely we've gone through the exercise of doing it personally as well it's I mean, no bad thing to, to to understand your own risk position and, and that of your yeah, business. Yeah, and what, what resilience you've got, both yeah. Yeah, personally and professionally. You know, what have you got in that corporate account? How long can you go for? How many people do you need to cover? How many how many people are you literally feeding? Yeah, it, it, we, we've seen an intervention from the government uh, around loans for businesses that are struggling. And I'd encourage anybody to, to exhaust those before they start cutting talent. But... Or um, going for loans because you don't really want to incur debt at this precise time, and I know that that's been a that's been offered, but do think twice about that if if, if there are alternatives. I understand. I understand from the government press. The, sorry, Boris Johnson's press conference today that there are further stimuli coming. Um, I mean, you know, the government is is moving incredibly quickly, you know, and and has made some very dramatic moves this week and you can end I think yeah and I'm sure there'll be a lot more to come just to finish what we're saying there about what we can be doing what we can be offering right now though so in addition to the things I was talking about you've got to remember that stakeholder comms right now is absolutely key so you know if you're good at internal comms this is the chance for internal comms to really shine you know I've never known organizations need internal comms like they do right now it's as unprecedented times um but also you in my view, in these situations, you can't over communicate. Yeah, you really, you really totally can't. Agree. So that with stakeholder comms, you know, you're, you're on to winner. And the other thing, do not do not forget monitoring. You know, as we said before, listening is crucial. Capturing data is crucial. You know, there are plenty of tools, some free that you can use to get insight and to look at trends and to look at issues and to to get a handle on stuff outside of what's coming out of of sort different sources. So having that business data is actually crucial. All those areas. So situational analysis, risk assessment. Contingency planning, stakeholder comms, monitoring and data. You may position yourself. I, I want to go that. further than that, actually, because, you know, I, I work in the B2B market. We've seen a whole slew of events cancelled. I mean, this started for us with Mobile World Congress. And, you know, you've kind of got to assume now that any event through till June is going to get cancelled, isn't going to happen. So what do you do in the meantime? Well, PR brand building is is you know a very good thing to do and you've mentioned lots of tactics around that around uh, around monitoring and 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 stakeholder guidance and building thought leadership and such like but i also think there's an opportunity for this pivot where we you know we, we've seen events physical events are one too many where an organization effectively broadcasts to a community i think we're seeing i'm certainly seeing at metier um, the clients we work with are looking at opportunities for engaging with with their stakeholders and customers and prospects on a one-to-one basis using digital means. They're also looking at ways of using the content that they've got developed and want to develop as a means of engagement and creating a conversation. I actually think we're in an absolutely awful time right now, but once we're through it, 
I think that actually the PR industry would have professionalised once again. Do you know mm. what? We will be again through another pain barrier mm. and we will have started what? to use tech in a different way in a much more professional way. Yeah. And actually, I don't think necessarily it's a bad thing. It's We're going to be able to communicate using tech in a, in a way that we haven't necessarily considered because we've always gone to our there traditional... There isn't any organisation. I mean, you know, it's very early days. We're a week in, but there isn't any organisation... Uh, after being told by the government, if you can work from home, work from home, isn't going to look at its office costs and its real estate costs. Well, all of a sudden, they will recognise, if you once you've got the infrastructure in place, or if you haven't, you know, I would almost argue that if you had old-style computers, you were well overdue that anyway, and you should have been investing more in your team. So mm. I, I'm quite hard on that, I am. So. Quite, quite apart from the social issues of... of well, I, say, I forget that because, like, like I say, I've got Madge, my dog, and everything's everything's good in my world. <laughs> if you've I've lost got your giant job, Watsits, so. if you've lost your job, there have been, you know, mm. inevitably some organisations that move very quickly to cut. There's also been people, you know, in the freelance market and the marketing PR industry, creative industries, you know, are underpinned by by freelancers whose whose works just completely dropped out. What would you be doing? Well, I know that some people have immediately been incredibly generous and they've started to offer their time. I think I would go back to what I was saying before in terms of looking at different organisations and different industries. And, oh, gigging um, for free isn't going to put food on the table. No, That's it's not, not sustainable. It's, it's a nice touch on And it's lovely Facebook. and it's great. It makes you feel warm. But. No, but also it's lovely that some people are doing pro bono for industries and, and organisations that need it right now, but the priority has to be making sure that you can continue to pay your mortgage and the Mm. bills and put food on the table. Um, And I guess it's going back to those things that I outlined and and going to organisations and say, I recognise that you're you're facing this situation. Have you considered these things? Can I help you with that? And just, you know, I think there's always, always opportunity, even at the worst time. You know, like we talked about this around um, Brexit, probably in October of last year, in terms of that there will be opportunity. And it's it's back to making sure that we are helping management teams navigate this change. Because right now, everybody's frightened and, and it's very difficult when it's your own business to get perspective. So having someone external to do that can really help. I, you know, I don't And also, to... can I just also say that I had literally... Say what you want, it's your podcast. Well, it's my podcast, yeah, but charities... I just interrupted you, that's all. No, normally I don't care, but I thought I better apologise. But um, charities are really struggling right now. Their, for, their fundraising has, has dropped off a cliff, you know. So at the moment, we're speaking to a charity about how we might be able to help them. There, there are businesses who might be open to it. It might be small budget, but small project costs are still the things that keep you ticking over month to month. And actually, at the end of the year, the ones that are propped up your bottom line. Yeah. So what are you going to say? Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say uh, there are plenty of there are job opportunities, clearly, in the NHS with the frontline staff that are dealing with this crisis, campaigning within um, government and the arm's length bodies from government who are dealing with the immediate response. So go and look on Glassdoor or Google Jobs uh, and search around local government, government communications. Also, local government is pivoting to deal with this as its primary issue. I think almost all other Always on campaigns have been turned off and, and they're focusing on this and they need help. So I'd look there as well. And we're nearly done because we're almost out of time. But one thing we did want to talk about I've got two is, more topics. Yeah. Oh, have you? I didn't say you could have two more. <laughs> I've got two more One topics. of them is definitely disinformation. 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, which, which, come on to that. Well, hang on a minute, which comes into play with this run on supermarkets. So one of the other things that I know people are very, very anxious about is actually just your managing day to day. Um, because You've seen the running order and you're pinching I my point. I haven't seen your running order. You've seen my running order, you're pinching my point. Anyway, the point is that obviously it's quite frightening because people Tell me, are Sarah, told... why, weren't there, why weren't there runs on supermarkets in Italy, which has faced... Well, I don't know because I don't live in Italy and I have no idea what the government's done differently. But I do know that across here, I have seen a number of recent pieces of information that's been circulating which has meant that actually things like there's been a run on paracetamol. Literally, I went into our small Sainsbury's yesterday, so we live near one, and I literally walk across there twice a day. I do small shops rather than a big one, especially with sometimes five kids in the house. You just have to just keep going. But there was not one bit of fresh fruit or veg, not one bit. There was nothing on the um, wheat counter, so if you want any kind of bread... There was nothing. No, you've, you, no I, eggs. I, noticed, I, opened the, uh, I opened the cupboard, you bought some yeast. You've never made bread. No, you do, though. I love watching this. I'm no baker. Do I look like these hands cook? No, thank you. <laughs> I was just like, no. I was skinny before I met you. So and now you, you cook a lot and I eat a lot. Anyhow, the point is, I think what's happened is there's been pieces of fake news, disinformation has circulated and that's frightened people and they've gone out and bought. And it'll be quite interesting to see when we are further on with the benefit of hindsight and data, um, what what it is that has triggered that. Yeah, well, it's disinformation on messaging channels because I think Twitter, YouTube, Facebook have gone really hard on well, automated throttled, filtering. Certainly, throttled. The th- they have throttled certain words. So, for example, going back to my client, um, we have obviously been trying to boost posts to say if you've affected, this is what you know. Please fill in this survey, but also mm. here are some. You know, this is our toolkit where you yeah, can find yeah, inter- yeah. Uh, immediate help. And um, basically, we can't use anything that's to do with certain keywords that Twitter are identified. So we're having to do it all organically, which is quite, which is great if they're prioritising NHS or central government messaging. But really mm. difficult if you're a business provider who can literally provide support there and then and can't promote your message you can't boost that yeah so like i think there's a kind of move forward which is great but also also creates its own problems but then that said at the moment linkedin and facebook you can do what you want so i'm seeing the disinformation for actually from people in my network friends on on whatsapp who you'd think better of who you know get a message from a friend in the army or a oh. friend in the police or, or a doctor mate a doctor mate uh, someone in the NHS, and it's just it's just awful. So, you know, they're going to put the army on the streets. They're not. Um, you need to go and buy now because actually there's going to be yeah. a lockdown, there's going to be a restriction on movement, which I'm no doubt at some point there with the scale be. of the issue, be. there could be. Because we've seen that in um, Exactly. So that would that would make sense. But it, it, the, the, the uh, Sainsbury's and many other supermarkets have come together and they've said there will be enough food if people stop stockpiling and pa- panic buying. And yeah. this is where we need to come together as a community and start looking out for each other and, and doing that. And I, I appreciate it right now. It's the fear of the unknown and looking at your kids or your your frail mum or people around you and thinking, I'd rather have it in because I want to keep her safe. But we really do have to be considerate of others right now. Yeah, I wrote about this actually at the weekend uh, around the mental health issues. But the, the fact that people will stop buying toilet roll, I went into, you know, 10 days ago, went into St. and the toilet roll aisle was bare. Long before that... And Summers has sold out of penis pasta. 
This is how bad it is. I'm not even kidding. They have Look at the news in Scotland. Nothing. Still can't even be found. Stop it. But it is. (laughs) That's put you off your stride, hasn't it? It's totally put me off my stride. Um, (laughs) That's completely put me off my stride. Um, You know, rationally, the the cost of buying, sticking an extra roll of toilet roll, packet of toilet roll, loaf of bread packet of pasta into your shopping trolley you know it's a couple of quid and you just think oh well I might yeah as but well. some people well. don't have that yeah, and some people don't. aren't mobile enough to be able to carry it yeah. and also i watched an old man in my in our local sainsbury's and do you know what it was one of those clear situations where he's probably got a set menu that he does every single week 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 in week out and he'd gone to get what and he, he needed and he couldn't find his stuff and i could see him stood there thinking Literally, I don't. I felt like I was with my granddad. I was a bit yeah. like I just thought he didn't know what to do next. He was a bit like, well, "What am I going to do now?" Because what mm. I need is not there. Mm. And he's probably got a set budget. And he knows how much everything costs. Mm. And at that, at the moment, that that's the bit that when I for the first time properly, I, I thought, "Wow, this is actually much worse than I thought." Because if we don't look after people like that, that's where the real problems start. Anyway, on that sobering point, what else is on your list? No, that's covered everything. Let's end it. The sobering point to end. I was going to talk about brands that are responding well to this. But we can save that for next time. And I think the main thing is to say there's a stack of brands that are looking after uh, frontline workers, the NHS predominantly, and you know, all power to them. Yeah, and I think the only thing I would like to end with is that everybody has just to be pragmatic and to stay as upbeat as you can. I know it's anxiety provoking i've had calls with a lot of people today i've spent two days basically on the phone listening to people talking to them trying to reassure them and it, it it's not going to get easy it's probably going to get worse before it gets better but you know what we're all in it together we can do it together and if we think about each other and stay in contact we'll find the way forward i, th- I think investing in your local community is is grassroots approach exactly yeah. and think around who's around us and what we can do safely so wash your hands everybody government advice nhs advice anything else check the source and don't share if you're at all uh, uncertain about it it's been good thanks Sarah. okay speak to you soon Bye. thank you for listening to the future proof podcast with sarah and stephen waddington you can follow sarah on twitter at mrs underscore wads and Stephen at Wads. For more information about Future Proof, visit futureproofingcoms.co.uk. Until next time, see you on the internet. <laughs>